Hello and a very warm welcome to the Proximo podcast brought to you by Proximo, a leading source of news and data for the project finance, energy and infrastructure space. This is your host, Thomas Hopkins, reporting to you from London. On today's podcast, I am delighted to welcome Abhishek Gupta, one of the authors of a new report, Infrastructure Strategy 2022, A Pivot to the Digital Frontier, from Boston Consulting Group and EDEC Infra. He will be discussing the report, which provides a new perspective on the investment strategies and risk-adjusted performance of different groups of infrastructure investors. Abhishek is an Associate Director at the EDEC Infrastructure Institute and the Head of Inframetrics Product Development. He has more than 10 years of experience in asset management and alternative investments, including stints at Goldman Sachs and Partners Group. He holds a Master's of Science in Financial Engineering from Nanyang Business School and a Bachelor of Technology from the Indian Institute of Technology. Abhishek, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Thomas, for having me here, and I'm delighted to talk about this, uh, this report with you and with your audience. Yeah, no, thank you. It does look like a really, really interesting report, and uh, I think bringing some additional kind of color to it and background to it, I think will be of, of great interest to listeners. Um, I suppose as, as a way into kind of discussing the report, I, I wondered if I could just ask you what the main kind of research aims of the report were, because I think that'll help to sort of kick off the discussion and give us some background. Right, no, of course. So uh, the main concept of the research sort of uh, started a couple of years ago. We were in a discussion with uh, an asset owner and the question was raised that they wanted to know how are they performing against uh, their peers. And since then, it has been a recurring theme that investors in this asset class not only care about how the overall market is doing, but they also want to know how they're performing against uh, other similar investors in such situations. So that's, that's basically the foundation of why we chose this topic. And now, uh, while this research was done uh, the first time, but it, it's an annual report, so it will be updated every year going forward. And uh, soon we are going to launch a product based on uh, the, this concept. It will be part of the Inframetrics platform. And uh, the product will basically show how different peer groups are performing. And it will allow you to see this update in ranking every month. You can drill down further into the performance drivers, into the allocation of these uh, different peer groups and so on. So it's going to be a very enriching experience for the, the, the clients in infrastructure who want to understand their own performance as well as compare against uh, other peer groups. Thank you. That's very interesting indeed. Um, could you uh, talk me through a little bit, you know, the sort of the methodology used to compile the report? Yeah, so I, I mean, obviously, when we started thinking about the support, the first challenge was how are we going to get the data behind? Because to build uh, peer groups in the way that we have done, we want to know the allocations of uh, many, many investors, as many as possible, in fact, and uh, look at their portfolios, understand uh, how they are split by different industries, business models, and so on. So one obvious uh, uh, decision was to survey investors in infrastructure and ask them for their allocation by ticks. It's a classification standard developed by Adec Infra, 
but is uh, annually reviewed with market participants and so on. It's well established and uh, many uh, investors in infrastructure have now adopted it as well. So uh, again, going back to the survey, the point was that the investors will supply uh, their allocation, their portfolio allocations in, in infrastructure by these tick pillars, which included industries, geography, uh, business model and corporate governance structures. And now based on those uh, allocations, we will develop benchmarks using our own data that will mirror those allocations. So uh, if I take an example, if a US investor has 50% allocation in transport, 20% in rene renewable energy and so on, we will build the benchmarks bottom up using infrastructure data and try to match those allocations. Uh, and that would be a benchmark for US investors as a whole. In total, we managed to get more than 350 uh, investor allocation data. So that was a very rich data set. And that's, uh, as far as I'm aware, the first time something like this has been done uh, to that scale. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that does sound, again, very interesting and sort of first of its kind in some ways. If I start to move into a little bit of the sort of findings of the report, I mean, how did the 2021 returns of North American pension funds investing in the infrastructure space compare to EU and UK funds? And what might explain any differences in the returns? Having looked at some of the key findings of your report, I, I noticed that was something that was mentioned. Now, of course, it's, a, it's something that, uh, that jumps out in the report. So firstly, I wanted to say that 2021 was a strong year. It was sort of a bull market recovery phase for entire infrastructure because the year prior, uh, the asset class overall had suffered quite a lot because of uh, the lockdowns of COVID-19 and so on. So in 2021, we saw the recovery from that phase and all investors that we had looked at in this report all the peer groups that had performed really well. So the point was, how would we differentiate their performance? And that's when we started to look at uh, look a bit under the hood. So we had categorized these investors by different buckets. One of them was uh, by geography, and that's uh, relevant for your question, that in that bucket, we had looked at North American pension funds versus uh, uh, European and so on. And what we found was North American pension funds had uh, uh, highest performance and they were in fact the top performer of all the peer groups that we had looked at. In total, there were 16. So that was a remarkable achievement. When we started to look uh, at the drivers of the return and the allocations, we saw that um, North American pension funds have, uh, in particular, the US pension funds, they had a higher allocation towards these uh, traditional power assets, so oil and gas companies and so on. And uh, that has led to their outperformance in 2021, precisely because uh, other asset classes such as uh, renewable energy or social infrastructure, which were more of the contracted business type, they had uh, seen smaller recovery in 2021 on account for their smaller impact during COVID. So their recovery was also smaller and uh, the assets which had more merchant business risk within them, they saw much higher recovery in, in the last year. And these oil and gas companies were also uh, beneficial, beneficiaries of that 
of the trend. Thanks, Abhishek. And just to move on to something else that I saw that was mentioned in the report, a topic that is well probably always topical, but has you know risen to particular prominence in the last couple of years for very various reasons. Um, how did investments in oil and gas perform relative to sectors such as renewable energy? Right. So, uh, and that's a that's an interesting one, and we have looked at it from several angles because increasingly with uh, investors focusing more and more towards uh, having more green exposure in their portfolio towards uh, ESG impact of the portfolio and so on, this becomes a recurring theme. And what we have seen is uh, over the past few years, renewable energy assets have uh, have seen a tremendous increase in valuations. Uh, the, the expected returns have shrunk quite a lot. And that's why uh, at this point, uh, you will find that the realized returns in these assets which were invested three, four, five years ago are much lower in comparison with uh, these oil and gas companies. They still pay quite a lot. And uh, there are other factors also which, which were not in favor of these renewable energy assets. For example, in 2021, uh, there was uh, there was significantly low uh, wind speeds in the northern Europe, for example. So all these assets in that region, they were impacted because of that. So these are the challenges that renewable energy uh, space is seeing. And uh, oil and gas companies, on the other hand, have continued to pay much higher over time. And these assets have, uh, have also... Uh, been acquired at relatively lower valuation. So now the valuation uplift is also something that is growing uh, returns in this space. Thanks, Abhishek. And just moving on to it, it's quite a similar topic, really, um, mm-hmm. but slightly different. Uh, just thinking about the transport sector, um, mm-hmm. did, you know, in, in your findings in the report, did you see the transport sector benefit significantly from the recovery, you know, from the recovery from COVID-19 in, in 2021? Because obviously, you know, we all know quite how hard the transport sector was hit by lockdowns and COVID-19. So I just wondered if that was something that you came across in your report's findings as well. Yes, of course. Uh, and uh, just for the audience, when you say transport sector, we are really talking about assets such as airports or uh, toll roads and so on. And even within toll roads, especially the ones which don't have any uh, any contractual obligations. So they are the ones who carry uh, merchant risk uh, in their businesses. But these toll roads uh, and airports specifically were hit pretty hard. Uh, sorry, ports as well. Uh, I missed out on that one. Ports as well. So in total, the uh, transport sector uh, saw quite a quite a heavy impact during COVID-19 in 2020. And uh, in the last year, they obviously were recovering as the lockdown started to ease up across the world. Economies started to open up. There was fresh demand for travel and so on. And we saw that in many investor peer groups. Uh, Just to take an example, the Australian investors peer group, uh, they have a higher allocation in transport assets. And that's likely due to their access to this uh, sector or the expertise of these investors or, you know, the regulations are such in Australia, whatever. But the point was that their portfolio has uh, more transport exposure. And in 2021, we saw that Australian investors did a lot better 
because of uh, these assets recovering last year their dividend forecasts are improving revenue growth uh, which was uh, you know negative in the year before started to recover last year so all these factors are playing a role and transport assets are definitely seeing a rebound from the covid-19 impact thanks abhishek and just to move on to perhaps another sector that sort of gained significant popularity over the last couple of years or significant importance certainly is digital infrastructure proving popular as an asset class for infrastructure investors and what might be driving a, a demand spike yeah so uh, that's definitely that was definitely one of the, uh, the 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 main aspects of this report what we observed in the survey of uh, these 350 plus investors was the digital infrastructure is at the moment at least is not very prominent in these portfolios but that's likely because uh, these are a result of you know strategies that were decided 4 or 5 years ago but most investors have expressed their intention to increase allocation in this space and that's a demand spike that you uh, mentioned in your question there 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 is clear interest from the investors but the reason for that is actually coming from the demand of the consumers there is a need for uh, faster internet there is need for better reliability of the internet and so on and if anything uh, covid-19 has shown us that with you know everybody working from home uh, faster internet reliable connectivity is uh, is extremely important and uh, there are many organizations who have uh you know turned this uh, hybrid model of flexible working model into their businesses so increasingly this will continue to be uh more and more important within digital infrastructure we find that fiber optics is the sector that is best placed to benefit uh from this uh development because the legacy infrastructure which primarily uh was based on copper uh it's uh, it's it will be replaced ultimately by these fiber optic technology and uh, that will drive this transition towards uh, uh, better internet especially in underdeveloped markets in africa and some parts of asia south america and so on this is going to be uh, a big driver of uh, investment as well as uh, focus over the next few years in higher income countries as well i think the while fiber optics is pretty much everywhere the penetration is uh, is uneven and we know that there are discrepancies between the urban areas and uh, some rural areas and so on so there is scope for that development as well and uh, in many jurisdictions we know that there are government subsidies that will play a role in uh, increasing or improving these uh, fiber installations so over time we we expect that uh, there is there is going to be a lot of development building uh, these uh, fiber optic infrastructure and uh, overall uh, all this investment at least the majority of it can only come from the private investors so institutional investors are right in thinking that you know that there there is uh, there is going to be an increased investment in digital infrastructure Thanks Abhishek. I'm very sorry to say that I think that's all we have time for today, but thanks once again for joining me on the podcast. 
Sure, not a problem. And uh, happy to uh, go into a bit more detail about this report. That was uh, very enlightening and I hope your users, uh, your readers and audience also find it interesting. I'm absolutely sure they will. Thank you. It's certainly been a very interesting discussion. Thanks to everyone for listening. And I'd just like to take a moment to remind listeners about our Proximo Financing America's Infrastructure 2022 event, which is taking place in Nashville between 24 and 25 May 2022. Further details can be found on our website at proximoinfra.com. Be sure to join us again next week for more of your latest project finance, energy and infrastructure news and analysis from Proximo. Mm-hmm.